With the amount of credit cards being offered to us, it's crazy to imagine the world existing without them. But the world did in fact rotate around the sun and societies were able to function for hundreds of years without them. Today, we're going to talk about credit cards and whether or not they are tools to leverage for our benefit or destructive modern creations that we should avoid if we want to make progress in our financial lives. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets. This is Tom Seco and CJ Burnett. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and the veterinary community across the United States. We're the owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors and the hosts of the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to provide a better way of thinking, to make financial decisions easy so you can spend time doing other things. Make sure to mm -hmm. check out all of our other great resources available on our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, and articles. You can find them by visiting flvetadvisors.com. If you're finding this podcast to be helpful in any way, make sure to rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. If not, give us a rating on the Smarter Vet Podcast Facebook page and follow us. Okay. So I'll never forget the first time walking on college campus within my first year, within my first week of starting classes and someone with a clipboard had come up to me and they were with a bank and they were like, Hey, do you have a credit card? Would you want one? Now I'm pretty, I was pretty financially savvy. My, my parents are too. Like I, I was, I was somewhat familiar with investing in the stock market at 16 and my mom had always kind of talked about financial topics. So a credit, I knew about credit cards. I didn't have one, but I had probably turned 18. I don't know five months prior to stepping on this college campus. And so, you know, when it was offered to me, I thought, you know, I don't have one, probably need to get one. So I got one. And credit cards I've found to be very interesting with my own life because in, in college what was interesting is I never actually had a credit card. And I, I believe today it's become so much more mainstream that people in school actually have credit cards now, which is an interesting thought how the generations are changing. And for the longest time when I was in school, I used to use cash and I was concerned or scared about using a credit card purely because of the fact of like, if you're not making any money and you're not at school and getting to the part where it's like, wow, I've, I, I have to pay it back. Like this is something that I borrow and then they want me to repay. And I remember the first card that I got was back around, uh, right around after I graduated college towards the end of college, because now I'm working. I felt like I had some type of ability to repay them. And I will say it was probably one of the scariest things that I had experienced at the time because, well, now I'm using a credit card where I have to I have to give money to someone else. And I think those months that really hit me the hardest were I would wait and wait and wait and then all of a sudden get the letter in the mail until they started doing things online more where, hey, you've got a minimum balance due on your credit card. And I would try to pay as much as I possibly could and then I wouldn't pay all of it off depending on the balance because I was scared. I was like, man, I have to give up all of this cash right now. And I'm, how, I'm how glad to you? a certain degree. How old were you? Like 22? I, I yeah, I was probably around early 20s, something, something like that. And I knew that it was a good idea to have a credit card and to start using it. And just my mentality that I had around money at the time was like, wow, if, if I have this credit card, then it's like, I, I need to pay it, but then I'd be scared. Like I'd have 
$2,000 on my credit card and I'd only want to pay $500 towards it because I was afraid to part ways with that $2,000. It's kind of interesting to imagine a, a world without credit cards because I, I think, Tom, since you and I have been born, I think they've been they've been gaining speed. And you know now they've got Apple Pay, we've got Google Pay, we've got PayPal. Like I love the fact that, I, I, I mean, theoretically, I don't even actually use a credit card much anymore because I'm using my Apple Watch. Like I don't even pay with a card. I just I love my watch. Oh, I know, right? It's so easy. Like it's so awesome. And it, it's like because I don't even need my wallet really. I just you know if I just have my my watch on, which I always have my watch on, and I go into a grocery store, I just you know double tap, boom, done. And I think whenever we wanted to purchase something in the past, right before credit cards really gained momentum, we needed to have cash. To purchase them and credit cards, because I think Tom told me today, I didn't even know this, but credit cards were introduced in the 1950s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it seemed like they really started gaining a lot more momentum, especially when department stores that were out there like Macy's and the Nordstrom's and all the different companies that were like, hey, you want to buy this stuff? We've got store credit. Now you can go buy it. I remember when, if any of you are familiar with Kmart that's out there, Kmart, Kmart they used to do the uh, the layaway. You used oh, to be able yeah. to put things in and you put some money down and then you'd make the payment plans. It wasn't quite credit per se. However, it's like that a, a massive amount of being able to not have the money and be able to buy something. It, it's interesting just the, the shift that happened. And it's what's fascinating, some of the information that's been released out here by the Federal Reserve economic data that's been put together. There's a lot of stats that are released where in, in 1990, in the beginning part of 1990, consumer debt credit cards is around $200 billion. I mean, let that sit in there for a second, like $200 billion. And then we fast forward 32 years. It's now sitting at $1.2 trillion. So that's a, that's a 500% increase since right around you and I were born. 500%. So think about it, like our world all of a sudden had this ability to start buying things without having money to buy them. And it's it's literally, it's just like taken off like a wildfire. And I think back of when, before when cash was the norm, and especially some of you that are born into the generation now that we're in, where it seems like cash is, it's definitely, it's a dying breed. It's not really common out there. And, you know, $100 bill, like if you'd use a $100 bill, think about for a second, and you had to give that to a cashier or someone to buy something, what feelings did you have? I mean, myself yeah. personally, oh my gosh, like I was almost kind of shaking. I'm like, I got to give you a $100 bill. You, you want a hundred bucks? Because, yeah, because it felt different. Like giving a hundred dollars versus a dollar. It, I mean, it felt different. Like I, I think you, giving a dollar was like whatever. Giving a hundred dollars was like, you felt the energy draining from your body. Like, mm -hmm. like and it, it hurt so much more than paying a dollar for gum. Well, and then you look in your wallet later too, and you, you used to have a nice crisp $100 bill in there. And then you're like, it's gone. Oh gosh, it's gone now. <laughs> like, and what, it's gone. What a, yeah. Well, and I think that there's stats that show that people spend more money when they use credit cards, right? Due to the convenience of it, due to not needing the cash, due to the fact that it's not as painful as using cash, right? Because a swipe or a tap feels the same, whether it's a dollar or $100 or $1,000 or $10,000. It all kind of feels the same. And since it feels the same, then we don't associate that same level of pain with large things that we buy versus small things that we buy. And credit cards are, are pretty popular, I would imagine, especially over the last decade, two decades, where why do I get them? It's, of course, it can help with your, your score and it can really start creating a history, which credit cards have a very small impact on your overall credit score. There's other things you can focus your attention on. 
However, there's points that can be injected in there. Maybe if you like to travel or if you're a person that eats out a lot, you can be able to get extra money back to pay off your credit card or use it for other perks that are out there. So it can be very enticing and attractive. I mean, I just personally myself over the last couple of years, I got one of those fancy visa cards that allow for like extra travel and airport lounge access and everything else. It's like it's, it's phenomenal. And why would I use cash when now I have that perk of doing that? Well, and I think it's important to remember not that I'm aware of, there's been no one that have become millionaires off of points. Points is like a perk. Points is not like the reason why you do it. Yeah, perks. points should never be the specific reason, especially there are cards that come with very high annual fee costs to them. There are cards that uh, have high finance charges to them. And there's a lot of times that when we see that people should stay away from credit cards, and when you notice that you're spending a lot more than you should, I mean, there are times that things do pop up and emergencies happen. And I know a lot of the times when we're working with clients, the goal is to get them in a spot to where they have a choice to use credit or to use cash. However, you could put, find yourself in a spot where emergencies pop up and you need your credit and it's thank God you had it. But there are times that we have a thing that where lifestyle catches up with us. And it's very easy to spend more and keep spending and spending and spending. And by the time you know it, it's like, wow, I've got all this credit card debt and I'm freaking out about it. Right. Because because credit cards aren't dangerous until we start going into credit card debt without any ability to pay it off or without any kind mm -hmm. of real plan on how we're going to know how to pay them off. So, and I think when you have credit cards that have a balance already, that's probably another reason why you should stay away from credit cards. Because if you have a balance, that means that you're already going backwards. And if you don't have the cash to pay it off, or if there's a reason why you're, you're not paying it off because you have cash that's that maybe you have the cash with the cash allocated for other things, you've got a real issue, right? right? There's this looming edge of a cliff, I'd call it right where like, there is something coming. And I think that when you when you have when you have issues with utilizing credit cards, from a behavior perspective, really recognizing that and making changes around your own habits and behaviors is really necessary in order to stop from from continuing down that path because that path once you start going down it, it can be very dangerous. We often find people have a difficult time gaining control of their spending habits. As we earn more, we can find ourselves spending more without paying much attention to what we are doing. Our lifestyles can easily get out of control, and when there's another person involved in our lives, we can get into conflict on what is really important. Spending plans are designed to help create awareness around what is possible and to be more intentional about what is important to us. If you want clarity around your spending or to create harmony with your spouse, visit our website by clicking on the link in the description of this show to access our Spending Plan Excel tracker with a tutorial and our spousal ledger. Most of our clients, when they meet us, they are usually in a spot where they're more aware of their own habits and behaviors than, than like people who aren't even thinking about coming and seeing us. And a lot of the time when we work with people, we get them to a spot where they don't even worry about it at all because they know how to use the tool properly. I don't know if a really simple solution that we've found, especially with clients, is that, and, and I've adopted this habit myself. I think CJ, I don't know where even CJ got this from. It's, it's ever since then, I think it's revolutionized it how I go about it. It was completely by accident, honestly. <laughs> you like, stumbled just, over it one I, day, like, right? Well, I just thought, well, so before, before you give away the secret, so at some point, it was annoying to me that I would get a credit card bill in the mail and it would be very large. 
And it was like this big smack in the face sometime, which I think at that time we had a lot of expenses going on in the business and things that we, you know, like we were just leveraging credit cards. Like we had the cash. We just were using credit cards because, well, you know, points and why not, right? Um, as long as you have the cash, they're not dangerous. And I always had the cash to pay it off every month, but it was annoying. It was just getting to the spot where I was like, what, like, how do I stop this variability of cash in my life? And because, you know, you, the checking account gets higher and higher and higher, and then you pay this big chunk. And so you like, you have this false sense of like money's there. And then you, and then I'd pay off the credit card and be like, oh, I didn't have as much money as I thought. Right. And so then I was like, you know what, I'm going to start paying my credit cards weekly. Mm. And every Friday I just sat down every Friday, paid them off, paid it, paid them off, paid them off. And however many there were, if there's, you know, two of them that had a balance, four of them that had a balance, they would all get paid off. And then I went to Starbucks one day and this lady was talking about how her credit card, she was like, Oh, you know, so it's just, I get it once a month and it's frustrating. And I'm like, Hey, like me too. Like, I, you know, I'm sitting there get waiting for my mocha. And I told her, I said, why don't you just pay them off weekly? Well, two months go by. I see the same lady again at Starbucks and she says, my credit went up. I was like, what are you talking about? Your credit went up. You can't, that doesn't happen by paying your credit cards weekly, but it appeared that her credit by having them paid off weekly, whenever there was a reporting at one of the agencies, the balance was always lower whenever it got mm -hmm. reported. So her utilization rate went down, which then boosted her credit. So this was her words, not mine. I don't know how this actually works. And, and all, I'm very truthful. I, I'm not a right. credit specialist by any means, but this is something I heard. And so ever since then, Tom, I think you and I have told clients, if you have a credit card and it's annoying and you don't really like paying it every month, pay it off weekly. That way you never, you never feel like you have the security that isn't actually there. And then at the end of the month, you get this bill and then you're like, okay, well, there's, you know, thousands of dollars going out of my bank account all at once. Instead, it's broken up into a few hundred dollars every week. Again, we're not credit experts here when it comes to scores. And there's a lot of people out there that can help. But when you actually look at the overall breakdown, because this is a concern people have, they say, hey, well, if I pay off my credit card every week, is it going to hurt my credit score? And CJ just had made mention that, well, this one person actually had a positive effect from it. And at the same time, though, it's interesting that the utilization that people will say, well, I have to carry so much in order for it to help my credit, which is actually a it's a myth. It's not a true thing. And there are certain credit or or let's say loans and things that you can get student loans, auto loans, uh, mortgages. Those actually have a greater impact on your credit than actual credit cards. And you can see it online. There's stats all over the place that show how that works. So like if you are concerned about your credit, that's a very valid thing to think about. However, when it comes to being able to maintain the spending and making sure you're not, you know, getting a big fat credit card bill at the end of the month and freaking out, like that was how I felt in college all the time when I got out of college, uh, that this is a very good way to avoid it. And you know, let, let's say that you were a person right now that you have a bunch of credit cards, like you've been accumulating and accumulating and accumulating and you just, it seems like a runaway train. One of the best places, if you've never looked into it before, is being able to try to consolidate them into personal loans. Right now with interest rates, of course, some of you might make the argument like, well, gosh, interest rates are so much higher. Uh, I just saw a, a car loan for the average consumer the other day. It kind of made me like nauseous because I was like, wow, that's pretty high. But when it comes to credit cards, they carry so much higher finance charges than what a person alone would. And there really is no specific timeline on how they're going to get paid. So like on a credit card, uh, and just some kind of a thought here, I, I would like to leave you with this real fast too, is that 
uh, when it comes to your credit card payments, and you can look this up online, I was always curious about it, that the way that they determine your payments is that they charge you, they, they make you pay a certain percentage of your balance. It's usually between one to 3% of it. And then they also throw the interest on top of it. So there is a, before a long time ago, the minimum payments, a lot of people would never be able to get out of them because the minimum payments were like $20 and it would just never make any ding in it. So they have changed it to where you can pay it off, but the amount of interest you can pay over time can be through the roof if you're not careful. That's one of the motivations, like clients, I know we work with clients where they have a lot, they end up accumulating credit card debt from for whatever reason. And then they switch to a personal loan, right? They refinance them, the, the interest rate comes way down, but now they've got an established payment for X number of years. And, but the danger with that, that I've seen is that the clients that do that, if they don't correct the behavior that created those credit cards, to get out of control to begin with, then they're just going to go right back into more and more credit card debt, right? They re mm -hmm. Okay, they refinance, they pay off the credit cards, but now the credit cards are freed up and now they have the ability to just go run all the credit cards up again. And so if we don't, if we don't really pay attention to that, like if, I think I'm all down for refinancing credit cards into personal loans and, and then getting some sort of established payment plan to, to actually reduce your interest and your costs over time. However, I just want to caution everyone like, when you do that, you have to kind of have it in set in your mind of like, okay, I'm I'm not going to allow this credit card thing to get out of control again. Because if you do, it's not like, it's not pretty. What I would suggest for anyone that is in credit card debt and you are considering personal alone, or let's say you are a person that uses credit cards all the time and you pay them off and you decide to adopt the whole weekly repayment side of things, I would always encourage people to take one credit card as your frequent spender get in the habit of paying it off every week. If there is a credit card you have an outstanding balance on, it might be good to put like either table that one if you're just gonna keep paying it and use another one to make sure you're paying it off every week. Uh, there's different ways that you can go about doing this, but ultimately the best thing you could do for yourself is choose one card, pay it off every week. And that way it just helps alleviate some of the confusion and, and running into a problem where you could accumulate unnecessary debt. I think the other thing to consider for most people who are out there and when they come talk to us and they have credit card debt is to recognize you, you need to probably investigate also if you don't, maybe you don't have a spending problem, but maybe there's an income problem. Maybe the income that you're getting paid for the area that you're living in just isn't caught. It's, it's not able to actually allow you to survive, right? Or, or maybe you're surviving or you're finding yourself living on paycheck to paycheck when you really shouldn't be like there, there is, especially depending on if you're a vet tech or a veterinarian or a veterinary owner, veterinary practice owner kind of all depends, but like really investigating, like if you have, if you find yourself living paycheck to paycheck, is it a, is it a spending problem or is it an income problem? Because maybe you need to find a side hustle. Maybe you need to start a practice. Maybe you should do relief work. Maybe you have kind of a lifestyle. Maybe you just want a lifestyle that requires more income and that's okay, right? And if you, but if those credit cards are getting out of, out of hand, figure out like, okay, if I need, if I have X amount of income that I need, how do I get to that income? Maybe it's not, I need to spend less. Maybe it's, I need to make more. And so find whatever, whatever opportunities are out there for you to be able to do that and add to your income is going to be a little bit easier than doing the other way, especially if you find yourself really strapped for cash just in general. And the other flip side here is maybe you just have a, a spending problem. <laughs> a lot of us can get into that factor where we're living beyond what we're making. And the more money we make, the more problems we run into, and it's easier to overbuy a house or go on too many trips or 
you know, Best Buy and Amazon are my two <laughs> vices where it's very easy to spend money on things and then realize, holy cow, I need to really wrestle in my spending behavior. Otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm going to get ahead of myself and then be stuck having to repay, repay all this debt later on down the road. At the end of the day, really the whole goal here is that we want to have the choice to choose between cash or credit. I mean, debt is not a bad thing. A lot of times people have gotten the, the perception that it is bad. And ultimately, if we can get control of our spending habits, we can be within reason of what we make. And if you are making enough, looking at opportunities to maybe enhance or increase what you are making. But we want to have flexibility to save money, live our lives, and eventually become debt-free really is the goal from all of these things. So the more that we could focus in and find out how to minimize some of this and get more control, that's where we want to end up. Please help us spread the word about the podcast by liking the Smarter Vet Podcast Facebook page. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with three of your friends. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. 2023-155211 expires May 2025.